Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Let's give this yet another try. I've uh, been struggling, struggling hard to get uh, this next podcast out. I have a whole lot of little bits and pieces, but I don't uh, have a full show yet. And I think some of it is the endless wandering from place to place and doing these talks and being on the road and all that, but uh, in some ways it's good, in other ways you get a little bit scattered, I think you could say, but uh, I find myself right now in Connecticut and uh, aboard a very handsome uh, motor yacht, right around the 47-foot range, very beefy, the bow and everything are definitely... uh, kind of an expedition type style yacht but very nice accommodation down below that's for sure it's uh tied up to a little dock it's uh, a friend of ours and can't thank him enough for allowing me to uh utilize the space it's absolutely fantastic um but yeah so i just want to do a little check-in and uh yeah hopefully um hopefully Make something that makes sense. <laughs> it's early. It's early in the morning. I've got my coffee. It's delicious. Mm. Oh, okay. There we go. That's the pep. That's the pep that I needed. Uh, but before we start the show, as I always say, if you want to support this podcast, uh, like so many of you do, thank you all so very much. Consider becoming a Patreon member. Uh, You can follow the link in the description and join the family and get Sparrow back up and running, new sales, all that sort of stuff, and uh, back out there on the water where she belongs. Other than that, we do have the merch line, as usual. That's just right there in the description as well. And then if you'd like to reach out to the show, Questions, comments, uh, possible podcast topics, any of that sort of stuff, just let me know, sailingintooblivion.com. And also for anybody that's looking uh, to possibly or would love to have me come and, and speak at some sort of venue, whether it's a library, a school, a yacht club, anything really, um, private event, public, it doesn't matter to me. I'm, uh, I'm going to be on the East Coast until at least the first week in November. And I've got a few speaking dates already at public place or uh, private private events. Um, unfortunately, not not open to the public. But uh, I'm always always down to add some more because I'm already out on the road. So come on out, and uh, if you if you think of one, hey, I'm right there. I'm I got I'm mobile. I got a car. <laughs> Thanks, mom, <laughs> lending me a vehicle. I'm a very simple. Uh, lifestyle t- type of person. I don't know if I would. I think when you own a boat, it's uh, a little difficult to say that you're a minimalist, um, just because a boat sort of requires so much stuff anyway. And I don't know if anybody's ever seen it. There's some. There was some documentary that I watched a long time ago. I think during during the pandemic that it was all about that lifestyle. These two fellas were going around and talking about how their minimalist lifestyle was really good. And uh, essentially, it's one of those things where, you know, you're almost like Jack Reacher. (laughs) I don't know if anybody's read any of those books, but they're great. Shout out Lee Child. Uh, Essentially, Jack Reacher is a hobo, um, a vagrant, not a vagrant. That has a negative connotation, Um, kind of a vagabond in a way, uh, although I think that denotes sailboats, but Essentially, he he only has what what he's wearing. Um, he doesn't have any bags. He has a little rubber band around a little bit of cash and a expired military ID. And that's how he lives. And he travels from town to town solving mysteries and crimes. <laughs> and he's just a brute force kind of fella. But. Um, yeah, I mean, he he in those in those uh, 
in those books, he literally like he goes to Salvation Army or whatever every three days and gets a new set of clothes and then redonates the stuff that he has on and uh, that's it. Like that's that's the only thing he has. So I think there's something to be said for that. It's a little bit extreme though. I'm not gonna lie. That's it's going out on a limb, you could say. And I don't think I'd ever want to be quite, quite that uh, that far out as far as that stuff goes. But in my reality, I mean, I own a, I own a Westdale thirty two, and I own a motorcycle, and that's about it. That's that's it. There's no house. There's no apartment. Um, no car. None of that sort of stuff. And uh, I guess I guess you could probably count my backpack as far as my camping gear backpack my long distance you know go out in the woods for two three weeks sort of thing um that might count as well so we'll count those three things i own three things a boat an ultralight ready to go i'm in the woods backpack and a motorcycle and in some ways, <clears throat> it's kind of nice just to have those few little things and that's all you have and uh, that's all you need and at the same time, sometimes it's uh, it's kind of like, man, I got nothing. What am I going to do? <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes it is funny, you know, especially driving around so much and, and you know, eyes wide open through some of these, these places I go through. And you see all these houses and these cars and all these things. Um, it's kind of like, how do people afford all this sort of stuff and how do they get it and you know who knows i mean besides that it's just like how do you how do you maintain and take care of all these things i mean i have trouble enough after seeing sparrow uh the other week it was like whoa oh this is a lot of work granted i hadn't been on sparrow in five months or so so the shock was uh kind of expected i suppose but there were a few issues. Um, this was this would have been last week when I was down there, and I, I just popped down there because I needed to get out to the East Coast. And coming from the Detroit area, essentially, I was like, well, you know, if I beeline it down that way, then I can come up. Um, so I just shot down there because I was really interested. I wanted to see what was going on um, as far as the boatyard and uh, that that tropical storm Ophelia because it went pretty much directly over. And I know the storm surge was going to be pretty big and you know, that boat yard's right there. Um, you know, there aren't really a lot of Hills in that area, but Sparrow fared the, fared the storm fine. You know, she's just got the, the mast is up with all, you know, let's see, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, all 10 stays plus the two, uh, running backstays, so you got 12 things holding that mast up, and um, no boom, none of that. The only other thing is the the new gallows and the uh, the one solar panel. So all that fared really well, and it actually, I mean, the deck at first glance looked pretty clean because you know it had so much rain, and it probably was like uh, almost almost pressure washed with the wind. I think they said they got gusts up into the 70 knot range. Which would have been pretty crazy. I'm glad I wasn't on the boat for that. I definitely don't like being on the hard when the whole boat's sort of shaking like that. But she did all right. And I am curious. There wasn't any indication of how high the water came up. Uh, but I have a feeling it probably touched the keel. Um, but definitely it would take uh, it would take it would have taken a huge storm surge to be able to actually float that boat. Or get it, uh, get it off of those stands. So, cheers to the West Sale. Cheers to Mighty Sparrow for burling out yet another name storm. We've tangoed with a few over the years, and um, yeah, if I were to list them out, they and and it's kind of funny. The the very first named system that we messed around with was Hurricane Ophelia, and that uh, was out in the Atlantic in 2017. Then it was Tropical Cyclone Irving, then Cyclone Gita in the Pacific, and then uh, Tropical Storm Wanda uh, in 2021, and now Ophelia, but she was on the hard. So 
Interesting, interesting. You know, I feel like a, a boat should almost, if you if you have to tango with, if you get in the proximity of one of those name storms, you should sort of like, I don't know, maybe I should get some stickers on there, or, or maybe not the name of the storm, or just a little, you know, that like that little hurricane sticker. You just put one of those on each, on each kind of like the the old uh, fighter planes that would knock down and uh, you know. They'd mark how many other planes they shot down, that sort of thing. Sparrows survived quite a few, although I, you know, her history, as far as I know, she was actually uh, wrecked in a storm down in Florida. I don't know if it was Andrew or if it was, uh, it would have been 10, 12 years prior to 2015 or 16. So it would have been 2000. Three to 2005, something like that, where it got lifted up and pierced by a uh, some sort of pole or piling or something like that. And so she's uh, she's gone up against it and lost as well. And then she was sunk in that river. But again, I you know I I used to have some of the pictures and all that sort of stuff, but uh, I think all that went by the wayside with an old computer or an old hard drive or something. So. Kind of sad to lose some of that history, but you know, maybe one day I'll be able to collect up some of that stuff and get it uh, get it sort of figured out. You never really know. You, you can stumble across as long as you once you find the the old names of boats. Sometimes then you can actually find stuff online and old pictures and things like that. But this sparrow's been renamed. I guess I don't know. It had the original owner. Took it all over the South Pacific, all that sort of stuff. Brought it back uh, through the canal and through into Florida. And then it was wrecked. And then the second owner was the one who fixed it all up and had all the work done to it. And then I believe I am the third owner. And may have put her through her paces a little bit. But that's what West sails are made for. They're made to punch it all through. So where are we now? Well... We are in Connecticut, and uh, I have one more little talk up here before I head a bit further south. Um, I do want to rip up to Newport for a very important uh, meet and greet with one of my oldest buddies uh, who has not been on the show yet. But again, I'm not going to talk about future shows. But So the plan is to get up there for a couple of days and then zip on down Um and possibly go down to the uh, the boat show down there in uh, in Annapolis and and go and say hi. Uh, possibly go hang out at the old Bitter End Rambler. I got to uh, reconnect with a bunch of uh, my Bitter End people, and uh, that was pretty cool. And so we'll we'll have to sort of see. Uh, that could be kind of nice to just meet and greet and everything, and see if I can track down. Uh, two people down there. Um, I'd like to see, I know Matt Rutherford is speaking at some point down there and I would really very much like to, uh, meet up with him afterwards, but I actually, I really wouldn't mind, uh, seeing his, seeing what he does as far as a talk, a little, you know, a little investigative, uh, audience member retention. Uh, not, not that I would ever sort of want to steal his uh, material or steal his thunder. But it's always interesting, somebody else who, who he's done quite a bit of public speaking, and uh, I've seen some of it on YouTube, and it's definitely a different style than mine. And I don't know, interesting. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to see it firsthand. So, um, yeah, we'll go from there. But, uh, you know, Annapolis is going to be the place to go. If you're a sailor, that's a good spot, and uh, maybe I'll be able to sell the book and stuff like that. If uh, if I end up linking up with the bitter end, they've got this nice little rambler because, boy, I got to see some of the pictures of all the stuff that they've been doing. Holy smokes. Like they're they got plans and plans. I don't know if I'm at liberty to say because I'm kind of getting some of the inside track. But wow, I will say that it makes me want to get back down there ASAP. It's uh, it looks like it is a uh, it's just. It's like, it's funny, we made the comment, because I've been able to see some of the old pictures, the archives, the back when Bitter End was super tiny, just had the little tiny town, it had a couple little spots, and uh, and that was it. And it's all mostly just, you know, 
all the forested and beached area. And, uh, you know, when it got built up in the 80s and 90s and it turned into a really large resort, you know, they had and they purchased the other resort as well. It was one of those things where, you know, it was really cool. Um but it was big and, you know, they didn't have, there wasn't a whole lot of beach area and stuff like that. The natural setting, I think, sort of um, was outwitted, I guess, by the community that was there, which, you know, for what it was, it was fantastic. I had a blast there. I'd never, I'd never say it wasn't good, but by all means now, it has this return to nature, this, um, this reversed evolution that's gone on where it kind of you look at it and you're like holy cow that looks like what it would have been like back in the 70s and a little nicer obviously and a little bit uh more thought planned out or whatever i don't know i'm doing a terrible job describing it but definitely beautiful and definitely a destination i got to get back to uh whether it's sailing down there or now that they've got rooms and stuff like that uh it would be to just go and stay um it looks pretty awesome and the plans for the future are nice and not overwhelming by any means but yeah it definitely looks good um i don't know if my my buddy nick is down there running the waterfront uh shout out nick man uh have have a good day i can just picture what his day is it's probably just uh just getting past the old uh, sun up over over the hill Let's see, it's 8 in the morning here, so it's 8 in the morning there. No, he's got a little more a little more time of shade, but he's looking at the big, beautiful Gorda Peak, all in the sunlight. Gun Creek over there, ferry boats moving, all that sort of stuff, and uh, just about to start the day. If he's even there, actually, because it is closed at this point for hurricane season. So, yeah, let's uh, let's take your head out of your ass. <laughs> J-Rome, it's early. Oh, man. But, yeah, so get down to that whole thing, Annapolis. Then I've got a few more shows on the at a few yacht clubs and stuff mid-October towards late October. Then I've got a little bit of time off, which I think I'm going to go straight down to the boat and see what I can see. Um, there is an issue that has to be addressed before anything. Um, well, one, I need to find a new used mainsail. Uh, the one that uh, I has been carrying Sparrow for forever, it seems, is uh, just falling to pieces. And I kind of wanted to investigate and see if there was uh, uh, anything you can do with that mainsail because it's the one that took me around the world, all this sort of stuff, uh, and might be kind of interesting. I know there are places where you can send them sails and they'll make like bags and stuff out of them. Might be kind of cool to do that. I don't know how much that would cost, but uh, it could be something that the funds could be maybe recouped or something. Uh, you, know, you give them that sale, and then you sell half of the bags or whatever or make a bunch of wallets out of them. I don't know. I'm going to actually confer with Sven on that because Sven's uh, he's the expert uh, when it comes to all things sailing as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, but need to do that. That's a big purchase. That needs to happen. Hopefully I can find one for that $1,500, under $2,000 range on uh, the old bacon baconsales.com. I love that place. I've gotten a lot of sales from them. And then the other thing is the Boomkin. So Sparrow has these two struts that push the backstay aft. And that's also what Mongo is hooked up onto. And essentially, uh, there's three carriage bolts that are on little risers that go through these these wooden struts and um, through the deck, and you know they get bolted in. And essentially, I hate carriage bolts. Um, when I made this stainless steel, I have there's there's like a a stainless steel reinforcement that goes on the inside and it's a 90 degree angle and it goes on the inside of this wood, super heavy duty, um, and connects up with the, the backing plate or the plate on the, where the backstays sort of hook in and all this sort of stuff. I know I'm, it's hard to envision this, but in any event, um, when we made it, when I had it made, uh, this, this gentleman and I up in Maine, 
I didn't think like, oh, we should just extend that stainless over where these carriage bolts go down so that they can go and, you know, not crunch into this wood, but actually, um, you know, hit on the actual stainless. So they've got more of a, they spread the load a little bit, but, you know, hindsight 2020, I guess. In any event, when I looked at them, the carriage bolts had sunk in a little bit. All the wood is blackened. Um, the epoxy and stuff that uh, was sort of coating and protecting the wood is all cracked and everything. So long story short, Mongo needs to be taken off the boat. Backstays need to be taken off. And then that whole thing needs to be pulled off. That wood's got to be yanked and either replaced completely or, um, you know, grind it down, see how much of it I have to take off, and then flip it. I don't think that's going to be the smartest option. Uh, I think replacing it will be, but I don't even know what type of wood it is. I know the bowsprit, I believe, is Doug Fur, Douglas Fur, that is. Uh, and I don't know, it's, it's two. They'd be, they're about four and a half, five feet long, I think, and they're two and a half inches thick by four inches wide. But, you know, they're, I, I was always a little shocked by these things. Um, they seemed more pretty than functional. Um, I don't know, again, I don't know what type of wood it is. It's definitely not teak uh, or like mahogany or one of those really, really, um, you know, nautical woods that you usually see. Uh, but if they have, I think the thing is like two and a half by three and a half. And then it has two sort of end caps on either side, which are epoxied in. And those are delaminating off of there. And it's like, why would you put two of those on there except to make it look pretty? Um, which is just not Sparrow's style. Um, Sparrow's rough and tumble, you know, burly, burly. Let's go out and do the gale. That's Sparrow's style. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to sort of see. Uh, what happens and what's available and all that. I got to reach out to my buddy Scott down there in uh, South Carolina. I have not talked to him in a while, and I miss I miss chatting with him and, and everything, and I got to see where he's at with his West Sale. Boy, I tell you, uh, I'm hoping to get pretty pretty far into uh, into some of these repairs within just like a week or whatever, and Ah, but it's just, it's a strange feeling when you hopped on that boat, and I tell you, man, I there was part of me that wanted to just. I got up on that ladder, stood in that cockpit, looked around, stuck my head down below, got the waft of mold and mildew, and there was uh, about a ten second <laughs> window where I was like, oh, I should just get back in the car and drive away. Um, I don't know, and I don't know where that comes from, um, whether it has something to do with the fact that I've done a lot of these projects before, and, you know, you get to a point where you've done so many, you've done it so many times, and you're sort of like, ah, oh, here we go, here we go, because there is just that general maintenance that needs to happen on every boat, but you know what, uh, Cooler heads prevailed, and I went out and got some cleaning supplies. I got the ozone machine fired up and unstowed, and yeah, essentially just uh, hit the bricks. And I figured, hey, you know what? I'm lucky. I get to do a once-over on this thing, so at least I can sleep on it for one night. And then that'll at least get me ahead of the game, because I knew I was going to end up coming back there for a few nights in the very near future. Because, you know, if I have to... If the boat doesn't go in the water, which is definitely a possibility this year, uh, which would be the first time ever for me, um, just has to do with, you know, uh, getting the funds to go somewhere, um, having the funds to, uh, to pay for a marina or anything like that. And, um, you know, the opportunities of that, that might come up elsewhere. So, <clears throat> That being said, I yeah, I don't know. Um, it'll be interesting. But if I have to put it and leave it on the hard, then I gotta get down there and I guess winterize it because it's it's not so far south that uh it won't snow. 
but it is in that Hatteras area. It's pretty close to the Gulf Stream. I don't know if they actually get snow or if the Gulf Stream keeps them warm. I'm going to err on the side of caution and say probably have to winterize it, at least uh, winterize the engine uh, of all things. I think everything else might be able to handle it a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. We'll have to sort of just see uh, what happens and everything. But I'm going to go down and, and clean and fix and work on and, and you know do the normal yard work sort of stuff um, in hopes that yeah, I would do get to get to plunk it in and, um, I don't know, find some little adventure somewhere because you never know. I mean, it, I, ideally, the, the game plan was to try and get all the way down to the Caribbean and, you know, spend like the winter and everything down there. But um, that's that's a huge, huge sort of uh, gap in, you know, any other any other productivity. And, you know, that's one of the tricky parts when you go down there. I mean, unless you've got Starlink. Um, it's pretty tricky to sort of stay on top of things. You know, you get to these places and you may not have internet for a week or two or three or who knows. And, and, um, I don't know, everything sort of shuts down and I, I'm just getting the ball rolling again, you know, with the podcast and everything. And we'll have to see, I don't want to just drop it off again. I don't like the hot and cold. I want to become a little more stable. That is the, uh, that is sort of the goal. That's the mantra at this point. Um, and it's funny, though. I want to get more stable so that I can be more fancy-free, if, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, I think, I, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But, you know, you get these this, this sequence of events of, uh, you know, you work really hard. You make a bunch of uh, cash. You put all that into the boat, and then you get wrecked out there, and then... Uh, you basically have to go and, and dump everything else back into it. So I don't know. It's been very unsustainable. Uh, my reckless sailing and my my uh, my choice of uh, adventures and stuff. I, I think the funniest part about this whole story that I'm I've been going around and telling these days is that I'm essentially, you know, I uh, it was gonna be the easiest quote unquote, the easiest, uh, adventure I was going to ever go on, you know, figure eight around the North and South Atlantic. I mean, the only dangerous parts really, uh, technically would be the, the beginning in the North Atlantic. And then, uh, when you go around Tristan de Kuna and just, just, just glance at the Southern ocean, you don't even really, I don't think you even have to get down below 40 degrees South to get down there, but well, you know, best laid plans. So in any event, uh, I'm probably going to just link on. I have like a little 15 minute or something like that from when I was actually on Sparrow. You could definitely tell there's a little bit of shock, a little bit of like disgust as I'm sitting in there. Because I in the past, I know I, I've always liked to go and hop on Sparrow and immediately, you know, if I've been gone for a while, just microphone out get those first real thoughts and, and emotions as I sit there and peer around and, and reacquaint myself with uh, my buddy there. And I did that, but you can definitely tell that I'm sort of like, ooh, oh, ah, yikes. And I was probably pretty tired from being on the road for two days to get out there. So no big deal. But uh, more podcasts to come for sure. And uh, thank you all so very much for listening. And I'm going to link this uh, next one on there. And then it may get cut off uh, as far as I think I I think I think unplugged to sort of go and clean some stuff. And then I uh, end up never coming back. So <laughs> don't be upset if it, it seems like it sort of cuts off. But uh, again, thanks for all, everybody listening. And uh, yeah, chances are I'll be down at the boat show in the Chesapeake. Uh, so keep an eye out for the guy in the weird pith helmet. Because that was my uh, that was my sort of calling card when I was at Bitter End. Um, but come and uh, I can't guarantee it yet. But hopefully we'll be down there and uh, you find the Bitter End Rambler. Come say hi to those nice folks because I'll be there as well. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time. Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to the return to Sparrow Show. Wow. That's really all I'm uh, at liberty to say right now. Holy smokes. Uh, <sighs> I guess looking on the bright side, she's upright. And she's on the stand, so obviously Tropical Storm Ophelia was weathered.
no problem. The new solar panel, all that sort of stuff, still right there, ready to go. <sighs> but down below is not great, and I have uh, I have closed this boat up for a few months at a time here, and you know usually that's up in Maine or whatever, and then I come back. And I expect to be, uh, you know, things to be a little musty, uh, a little moldy, although the last few times I was able to circumvent that pretty well with the ozone machine and stuff. And I, I thought I had that sort of licked, but boy, this is, uh, I guess it's a little different when you uh, haul out and leave the boat in North Carolina for the entire summer because... It's uh, a little moist, a little moist down below, to say the least. So I'm uh, in in fine tradition, sitting down for a podcast uh, right now. The within the first five minutes of getting back on Sparrow. So before we start the show, like I always say, if you want to become one of the awesome, ridiculously great people who help support this show and keep it moving forward and support future adventures, uh, consider joining the Patreon group, because that would be fantastic. You guys have uh, are absolutely the reason we keep on doing this. So think about it. Follow the link in the description. Other than that, we got the merch line as per usual. That one is out there. Link in the description as well. And then uh, if you want to reach out to the show, sailingintooblivion.com, follow the podcast button, and uh, go down to contact the show. Those go directly to me. Shout out to a couple people who have recently signed on, big uh, a West Sale family member who's just signed on from across the pond. You know who you are. Thank you so much. And then a good buddy of mine, friend of the show, the dabbler, part of the crew now. Love it, bud. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, uh, now on to the, onto the show. Wow. Wow. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to sleep on this boat tonight. Um, it is approximately 3.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. And not going to lie, uh, it is so moldy in here. It's like everything is mold to the touch. Uh, I'm going to have to, like, I got two options here. I'm going to have to look and see. I got to travel back up to Connecticut uh, starting tomorrow, I believe to be at the next event, uh, which is all the way up there. i got to find out how far away that is. If it's not too extremely far, uh, my talks aren't until the 3rd. Unfortunately, it's a private event, but uh, oh, i got to be there the night before. So I'm going to have to take a look and see how far away it is because, uh, you know, honestly, there's part of me that just wants to shut the boat right back up and act like I didn't even come on board. Uh Yikes! Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't even. I, I, I don't think I have a sleeping bag with me. Like literally, you, you couldn't. You wouldn't want to sleep uh, in the sheets that are. I know the sheets are clean and everything because I cleaned them right before I left. But uh, they are, I'm sure, embedded, embedded with mold. Uh, it's all over the wood. It's growing on the walls. It's on the lampshades. Uh, it's back. It's back, and it's 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 back in a big, big way. So. Yikes! I got the I got the windows open. Uh, I got the portholes open, so we're we're gonna try and uh, at least get the mustiness out of here. I don't have the fans on because I'm doing the show right now, uh, so that is a total sacrifice uh, for everybody listening. So hopefully you guys uh, respect that. But yeah, just looking at and it must have been I don't know. I I tried something new, which probably shouldn't have done is I left one of the uh, door aids up and open so that there would be a little bit of fresh airflow. My my worry was, hey, you know, if it if it's sitting in here in the heat all summer long, North Carolina gets to be like 120, 150 degrees in here, you know, we might have a serious problem. But maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe there was definitely water on the cabin sole which I don't know where it's coming from. I'm not seeing any indicators uh, from, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, the only thing I can assume is that during uh, the tropical storm Ophelia, as she ran over this place, pretty much the, the, you know, the winds shifted 
pretty much they uh, boxed the boxed the compass, as they say. So they came from every direction eventually. And uh, although that dorate is very protected, uh, it seems to me that some water definitely got in because the bilge has water in it as well. So chances are, yes, it was a bit rainy down below. But that wouldn't account for all the mold because... You know, uh, the boat was closed up, and that all just happened recently. So, hmm, questionable, very questionable. Jeez, uh, wow, it is just, it's not ripe in here. It's just got that smell of closed up boat for a long time, and the bilge has water in it. Which I actually hand-sponged all of that out before I left because I was... Uh, pretty uh pretty gun-ho about trying to prevent any more mold growth in here so i figured keep it dry keep it uh, mold free but yeah i don't know so I, I essentially i have two two plans of attack for as soon as i finish this show up one is to go ahead and uh like i said just uh <laughs> close the boat back up drive start driving north today uh, which I'm, I'm almost 99% sure I will not do because I cannot, I can't leave Sparrow this way. Um, at least I want to make a dent in it. The other option, which is probably the more sensible one, is uh, head over to the grocery store, get a whole bunch of paper towels and some cleaning supplies, and uh, get the ozone machine out of the bow and get, get going. Uh, start wiping down, start cleaning have my cocktail hour uh above deck with the ozone machine blasting down below or something some sequence of events like that because the ozone definitely works great for killing off all this mold um hmm. but you gotta run it for a couple hours i would think all closed up in any event uh yeah so whew, other other uh revelations the batteries seem to be pretty good uh i will definitely be checking because they've been being fed by the solar panels this whole time but they uh, i don't know uh i'll have to check the the water level in the batteries at least give it a, a, a quick glance because i you know i don't know i could be gone for another month two months something like that i mean the the possibility of even having to winterize it is there not quite, I don't think. Uh, oh man, it's always pretty shocking. Boy, it's just it's like like a lot of work. Um, hmm. But uh, are those are those spider webs? It's like lots of like little spider webby, almost looks like egg sacs. Oh God, that's so gross. It looks, uh, no, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to figure that out. Oh boy, yikes. Um, boy, I hope there's not some sort of weird infestation in here. That would be pretty bad. Now I will say though, one very concerning uh thing that i looked at it's it's pretty amazing that like the new teak and stuff that i put on the boat in place of where the cap rail ripped off that has all gone completely sun beach sun bleach gray uh which is pretty interesting that's sort of the look i'm going for with the cap rail uh it's been uh i've, I've varnished it i think four times in the years that i've had this boat and i uh sort of called it the last time that that would be it, and we'd be going all natural after that. But uh, it's going to look a little different for sure when the whole rail is like that. But, uh, yeah, back there on the old boomkin, there's these two big, I don't know, they're like 3 by 5 or 3 by 4 struts that push the backstay back, and that's also what Mongo is uh, being held on with. Well... There's obviously been a ton of water intrusion and uh, quite a bit of rot around where the carriage bolts go through, which is not good. Uh, I mean, to the extent where those those probably have to be replaced. Uh, luckily, it's just wood, um, but it's it's pretty sizable chunks. I don't know. I, I think 
If anything, I'd like to go with something that I can uh, keep bare instead of having it varnished and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure. I'll have to do a little research into that one, but it's uh, it's not good. It's not good. It's not uh, what we would call seaworthy at the moment. So that's a big project because that means Mongo's got to come off and the Boomkins got to come off. Doesn't mean the mast has to come down. I can rig up, you know, the I can rig up the uh, running backstays and then uh, I can also throw some halyards on the stern. But having taken Mongo off and done all that before, I do know that that is quite a bit of a project. So. That's going to be a beast uh, for sure, but that's definitely something that needs to be done because those have to be a pretty super strong spot um, to make sure that, uh, you know, you don't lose the mast and or Mongo or any of that sort of stuff. So, hmm. Oh, man. Mountain work. Mountain work coming up here. It does feel really good, I will say, to, to be back aboard Old Sparrow. I have missed this... Uh, tiny home of mine and it all looks exactly the same pretty much just like i left it. i like to leave it kind of clean i know the four peak is pretty cluttered up because i stripped this boat down to bare bones above deck uh more than more than usual just in preparation for this the the hurricane season being this far south but yeah Whew. it is just mm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yikes. It's not uh it's not pretty right now, that's for sure. But hey, you know, that's uh, the thing about boats, man. You know, you gotta you gotta clean them up, you gotta doll them up, you gotta put the work in, and then uh you end up with a pretty nice little nice little pad to to call home. And uh I guess that's that's gonna be have to be the game plan here. So uh I'll probably take this podcast and add it on to the sections that i did last night um in this little hotel on the way down here i was uh i was caught up kind of caught off guard i started passing some of these appalachian trail towns and i saw a sign for one of the motels that i stayed in uh when i was on the trail 11 years ago and couldn't help myself but had to stop and and sort of saturate myself with nostalgia and a couple bush lights so that's exactly what I did and it was pretty cool it was nice to sit in the room and uh sort of go over all that but in the essence of time I think I will probably cut this one a little short add that on as sort of the second half and uh and then sort of go from there but uh or maybe maybe I'll I'll get some get some gear up and uh, do a little bit of a cleanup for the next couple hours and then report back after doing that. That might be a, a better plan. <laughs> Keeping all in one shot. At least that way you can get the before and after. But I can almost like feel the mold in my lungs already. This is uh this is pretty crazy. Like I, I don't know. I, I don't know where this stuff is coming from, but it's coming from somewhere. And I know a lot of people definitely give me tips and uh, tricks and all that sort of stuff. And I'll try and utilize what I can. But uh, I do know what what what's definitely worked in the past was getting that ozo machine on. And uh, I think I'm definitely gonna close that door right up, try and clean it all out, get all the water out, and then yeah, essentially just go and. Uh, wipe it all out and hope for the best. I mean, obviously it should be a little bit cooler from now on. Um, and hopefully, well, I can't say hopefully the rains will stop because they're not going to stop. But, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So we'll have to see. I'm going to sort of just let the shock soak in here for a second, stop yammering. But uh, I will be right back. Um... Yeah, I'll be right back and hopefully hopefully in a, uh, a different state of mind. So this is uh, part one of Welcome Back to Sparrow. All right, welcome back. Multiple hours have passed by. It is now it's just about 6 o'clock. I just threw some laundry in. A little less, uh, a little less frazzled, I guess, at this point. Um, 
had the ozone machine on for a good good little while while I did some errands and then uh, came down and started wiping everything down with a half and half mix of vinegar and water. So even though the boat may smell like some salt and vinegar chips, it is eh, a little better than not. I wouldn't say it's mold free by any means, but uh, at least it's a little bit better than it was. Holy smokes, that was that was a bit of a shock. I must say it was uh, it was pretty darn bad. And I I don't know. I think uh, I guess I equated to uh, the Dorade letting water in, so then there was moisture in here, and then. Probably when I put a lot of this stuff away, you know, I had to stow all the sails. Normally I would have stashed those underneath the boat, but at the boat yard here, it's not quite copacetic, which is understandable. Plus they, they might've been washed away with, uh, Ophelia anyway. So irregardless, it's one of those things where, yeah, okay, it's fine. We got it. We're, uh, we're underway as far as, uh, as far as down below. So We'll get it all sorted out and at least at least get a head start for whenever I return to this boat later on this fall. Uh, so that's kind of nice. At least at least it's probably only going to be shut up for like another month or so. And that's way less than five months. So it should be should be a whole heap a lot better. But I was just going to tonight, essentially, uh, once I finish this podcast, I'm going to try and use everything, test everything out, see what's broken, see what's not working anymore. Um, so far, I've only been able to do that with the electronics and the inverter. That all seems to be working. Um, all the lights and everything seem to be working still. Batteries seem to be all right. The battery charger's working. I plug the boat in. You know, it's one of those things where when you come back, you got to expect that some things just aren't going to be right. Boats don't like to sit, you know, they like to get used and all that sort of stuff. And uh, I'd like to fire up the engine, but I kind of want to do that tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, just run a little more fresh water through the system and stuff. I mean, I, I did think like, hey, you know, worst comes to worst, maybe it's uh, not a bad idea to winterize it just in case. But, eh, I can't see myself... Uh, I think that's one of those things where if if it came down to sort of emergency situation, like something happened, I wasn't able to get back to the boat. In comes the winter time. I could probably pay the boat yard and they'd come in and do it uh, for me, which would be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Other than that, it's oh yeah yeah. Strange to be back on this boat. I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of weird. Uh, I don't know if it's because Sparrow's a bit beaten down um, or if I'm just not, uh, it's been so long since I've been on the boat, but just sitting here in this chair at the nav station and setting this mic up just like I always do before. And yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it's just the fact that the uh, there's so much stuff. I have all the sails up in the four peak, so the actual seating area uh i'm set up in kind of like offshore mode in a way as far as the sleeping arrangements go so my bunk is right in the middle of the cabin which makes the cabin feel real small when i have that set up so that uh you know it's it's the dinette table the booth or whatever that uh, that always sort of makes it feel a little a little bigger a little more room all that sort of stuff but i'm not going to move all of those sails just so I can go sleep up forward uh, instead of sleeping back here. So, you know, whatever. I'm going to leave that. I mean, I'm only here for one night, and then I'm out of here tomorrow, back up uh, up north again. So, yeah, I don't know. It is kind of strange, you know, the old homecoming. I Unfortunately, I'm looking at that boomkin, and holy cow, I can only – Oh, man, the rot has just gotten around these stupid carriage bolts. And when I made that stainless steel bracket, or when I had it made, to essentially reinforce the boomkin struts, you know, these two, like, they're two and a half inches by four inches, big pieces of timber that push the backstay back. Well, they got three carriage bolts that, that through bolted to the deck in the cockpit there, and that's sort of their mount. And... Then they have the whisker stays that come up from the hull, and then the back stays come come down from the mast. And it's a compression post, essentially, but 
problem is, is it, you know, those those carriage bolts are just they're just garbage. I hate using carriage bolts, and I I really screwed up when when we were going over the design of that stainless steel, which is thick. It's like I don't know. I don't want to say it's quarter inch thick because it's definitely not, but it's like an eighth of an inch or no, it's probably more than that. But it, regardless, it's heavy duty stainless, and I don't know why I didn't essentially have it welded uh, a plate welded for not only where those carriage bolts go through but for the other two mounts for mongo like that that would have been the perfect perfect thing because then you know the wit the wood is definitely the compression post and stuff but it's all going through that stainless for the whole thing and that's what i i don't know maybe it's something that once i remove it i can get that made and get that put on there uh, but definitely those timbers have to be replaced, which for sure is a bit of a big job and have to get into that at some point. Um, cause it's definitely, it's, it's so rotted out. Like it's all black into the woods, all black. And, and I could just pick it apart with my fingernail, not all that deep, maybe like a quarter inch in or something like that, but who knows what it is around those bolts. I have a feeling if I started trying to turn the nuts, uh, underneath those backing plates that, that it would just probably sink those bolts all the way through. So, <sighs> not a whole lot I can do. I've already got the check stays or the running back stays. Those are already like super tight. So if that back stay let go or eased up, it's not going to let go, but if it eased up, uh, it wouldn't be a huge issue. You know, it's not like the mass would fall down or anything like that. Knock on wood, knock, knock, knock. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of add that to the list. Uh, but other than that, though, eh, you know, as far as the systems check out, things are looking pretty good. I'm going to try the oven, use the range, turn the gas on, all that sort of stuff. I'll probably turn the fridge on, but there's real no point. Um, yeah, other than that, though, it is, I mean, almighty sparrow. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's a little weird. It's, I wish, you know, usually when I come back to this boat, it's like I come back to it for for the season and this is just kind of a drop in i had to drop off my sewing machine my foul weather gear a few other bits and bobs that you know the, the sewing machine weighs like 60 pounds so it's it's not the easiest thing to ship and uh, i also wanted to sort of open this boat up so that's uh i don't know kind of an excuse just to see it and everything and see where we're at and everything like that but wow yeah it's uh i don't know I wish I were crazy excited to be on this boat right now. Um, but for whatever reason, I'm not. Maybe I'm just a little bit uh, preoccupied with all the speaking stuff. Or maybe just uh, the unknown of what's going to happen for the winter season. I don't really know. But, yeah, it's uh, it's all stripped down. I guess, you know, part of me is probably looking at it. It's like, holy cow, just to put this boat back together is going to be a ton of work, that's for sure. Um, but that's always kind of fun stuff. I, I like putting, you know, the boom back on and rerunning the halyards and getting all the everything sort of put back together. I mean, you know, I'm looking at some of these sails, though. Those are definitely whipped. <sighs> but still usable, still usable for at least another uh, little while for sure. But I am going to be looking for a replacement mainsail because um, I always like to have two mainsails on the boat at all times. And uh, right now, both of them are pretty whipped. And <laughs> it's about time it's about time some new cloth got uh, utilized for the main. But it's one of those things, too, where the original main that came with the boat that one is uh it only has two reefs in the mainsail and that one's a little that one's definitely it's old it's just super old um and the one that sven made me is you know we've beaten that one near to death and that one's got the three reefs that's it, honestly if i could i would just want to get that that mainsail remade with a little bit lighter cloth Cause it's, it's essentially, it's like the, the weight of like a storm jib and, uh, which is great when it's really blowing cause you have a ton of confidence in it. But when you're trying to just, you know, be able to reef the main and do all the, the stuff you normally do with the mainsail, it gets to be a bit heavy handed, let's just say. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, I got to get back to cleaning so that I can, uh, I'm doing the laundry. Like I said, I got about 
know, 10 minutes or so before I got to go switch that, get that all dried up. And then, uh, yeah, I'm just going to keep wiping stuff down. You know, the, the hard part about mold is like, I got a lot of books on board. I really don't want to just have to toss books. Um, I've had that happen before out at sea where the books get in the mold when the when the wine was dribbling on the books and I didn't really know about it and the you know the explosion of mold back in ot uh what was that I think that was 2021 was the mold trip uh so you can even hear it in my I'm my nose is starting to run that's how much mold is still in here or maybe that's the ozone who knows but I've got the ozone off now because I'm down below I know it's dangerous uh but yeah, I don't want to have to throw out any books. There's, there's just a lot of stuff in here that I know I'm just going to have to toss. I mean, in an ideal world, I'd have like three days here and I could spend one day literally going through and throwing everything, just absolutely everything that is not like brand new and not needed. Just get it off the boat. Just get it all. Just start fresh, you know, Um if not throw it away, at least put it on deck, clear out every cabinet, every area, have that ozone for, you know, four to six hours, just blasting down here and then come down below and wipe everything down with, you know, vinegar and water, or Clorox and water, whatever, and, uh, and just start it up. But, you know, part of me also is kind of like, well, guess what? About to leave the boat again for another month. So you might want to throttle back a little bit, but that's not my style. I'm going to go and give it everything I got tonight. So that tomorrow when I do take off, I'm, uh, I'm pretty much good. And I, hopefully there'll be somebody around the yard. Cause I'd like to sort of leave the ozone on, but only for a couple hours. I don't want, you know, I left it on one day for like three days and Murph was just going to unplug it for me. And, uh, he did, but you know, some of the pictures got sort of bleached out and then all the pots and pans, like the handles on them got all gunky, like softened it all up. And I know that, uh, even though the engine room is sort of, uh, you know, separated, it's still, the ozone was getting in there and it can be bad for gaskets and things like that. So definitely got to watch out. Ozone is pretty powerful stuff. Don't underestimate it. Hmm. But I am going to try and enjoy. I'll do a couple little videos, things like that. Um, and yeah, hopefully, uh, just looking around. I, that's just, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to be, uh, hard to be looking at this boat the same way that I've always looked at. I don't know. It's kind of strange. I'll have to think about that. I definitely want to replace these ceilings. Um, I have just sort of, you know, regular old, it's not real wood. Um, some sort of white the quarter inch thick or no it's even less than that um eighth of an inch thick stuff but boy you know they make tons of that and tons of different i i don't you know i i've never i've never wanted to add more wood like actual wood but boy this the ceiling in here it's all banged up from the last voyage there's huge gouges where stuff hit the ceiling and stuff and there's old holes and things like that 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 I put in there, you know, from screw ups when I was cutting uh, out like for new lights and stuff. But sure would be nice to look up at a different colored ceiling too. I've always thought it'd be kind of cool to have blue or yellow or something like that, like a lighter, you know, like you're looking at a sunset. You know, it's kind of a nice part about boats, man. The possibilities they're endless. You can do whatever you want. But other than that, I gotta get to work. Thanks for listening to my Return to Sparrow 2023. Pretty crazy stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think what I will do, I'll probably sift through that podcast. Um, I think I'd mentioned possibly adding on that one from the other night in the motel. But I'll do that on a separate one. It's fine. It doesn't even really matter. It's uh, That one, I was out there for like an hour or something like that. But this one, even though it's short, it's still, you know, it's a homecoming homecoming thanks for listening everybody and uh till next time